Welcome to the Down to Business Podcast with Alex Kirby, where entrepreneurs and small businesses come to stretch themselves and grow their company. From interviews to in-depth discussions, you'll learn how to market effectively, increase profits, and become the leader your company needs you to be. Now, let's get down to business. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Down to Business Podcast. I am, again, Alex Kirby. Hope you're having a great day. Welcome to the show. If you're a new listener, we thank you for being here. If you're a recurring listener, we need you to tell a new listener. So make sure you share with your friends um, our podcast, whether via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. We'd really appreciate you getting um, more people involved in the show. It's been growing over week after week, month over month, and we're really excited about some things coming down the pipeline. We are about to start building out our studio here in the next two weeks, so you're going to be starting to see some video. You're going to be starting to see some reels and some clips that you can share with your friends and be inspired by, so really, really looking forward to that. I'm excited, man, so excited about the studio. We're trying to bring you guys some some dope content. We got new mics, a uh, new roadcaster, just better stuff for the pod. So we appreciate any review you can leave us. We're trying to get to 100 on Apple Podcasts. So if you could take two seconds to do that, more than two seconds, let's call it 25. Um, that would be awesome. But again, if you're new to the show, this is the Down to Business Podcast. What we talk about is everything in the realm of small business when it comes to finance, business in general, and marketing. So we focus on those areas. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, profit first. And um, I've been having some conversations recently, especially with the inflation conversation, um, the inflation conversation that's going on right now, and you know price increases, and what should we do, and gas going up, and it's just becoming a huge challenge. So I was having a discussion with a, a gentleman uh, not too long ago that was talking about how they did um, several hundred thousand dollars in revenue, but at the end of the year, he showed very t- to little to none profit. Um, his bookkeeping was a little wonky, but it appeared that he really didn't make any profit. And I explained to him, um, if you're not making profit, you're not. There's a zero point being in business. You might as well sell everything, take that money, act like someone gave it to you as an inheritance, and go be a pizza driver and make tips and on someone else's dime. And I have heard this as a person who owns three businesses. My predominant business, my first one is Trifecta Landscaping, it is a lawn and landscape company in Columbia, South Carolina, and I also own Pure Marketing, which is um, the source of the Down and Business podcast. As someone who has been in the lawn and landscape industry for now six years, who I consult, I go around the country to trade shows and talk and speak on behalf of companies, I and I do business coaching with a lot of green industry professionals, I cannot tell you how many times, I don't think I could count them on two hands. I think I'm over 10 now, where I've had calls, coaching sessions with guys who are saying, I did a million dollars last year in top line revenue, I made $30,000, 3% profit. I did 500 grand last year, um, paid myself 40,000 and guys, it's just absolutely, this is some, like, this is going to be a borderline rant today. Um, just I haven't, borderline I haven't had one of those in a while. <laughs> yeah. And it's a rant in a good way. Cause I'm frustrated for you. If you're listening right now and you're freaking out because you already had a tight margin last year and your HVAC company, Joe's plumbing, anything, Fred's auto, Fred's auto, love Fred's auto. Um, Joe's Pizza Shack. If you had tight margins before and you're freaking out because you didn't feel like you could waver anymore or you were going to crumble, yeah, the answer is you have to raise prices. 
We were talking about this this morning with a guest that um, I think it would have been aired already, right? Mason's show aired. Not this yet. Um, we had a guest on coming Monday. on that's going to be fantastic um, for Monday's episode, so make sure you check. Literally an um, expert in his field, so to speak. And we were talking about how if you don't raise your prices, you're literally losing all of your momentum, all of your money. Everything is just out the window because you're eating the cost for everybody else except yourself. And Guys, I'm telling you, if you have a margin that's unsustainable now, you wait until six months from now. You are going to be so far up the stream without a paddle. You are going to be drowning in debt. You're going to be drowning in stress. You're going to be working so many hours just to literally break even. And if your business is in that, here's the thing, right? None of us want to admit or close the doors because we feel like we're admitting defeat. And that's not true. You closing a business does not mean you're a failure. It means it ran its course. Closing a business might be the biggest blessing and the biggest, you know, best thing you've ever done for your family. If you learned, let's say you had a business for five years and maybe for three years it did really well, but for two years, you've just absolutely lost your, your butt on the business. Okay, let's, let's do a little analysis here. It made you money for three years. You learned a lot of skills. You became a good manager, became um, a good salesperson. All of these skills that the business taught you, you honed. Okay, now you close it. You liquidate the assets. You, you again, give yourself a signing bonus saying, see you later, retirement check, so to speak. And then you go, now you're an employee that a great company would want to hire for six figures or 75,000 or 150,000. That was not a failure. That was a melting pot for you to be molded, shaped, and ready for what God really had for you. I talked about this on several episodes ago that lots of small business owners think they want to own a business because they want to own their schedule when in actuality, they should be a manager, supervisor, COO of someone else's company. And there's this weird stigma that well, only successful, really, truly, truly is a better word, truly successful, quote unquote, people own their own businesses. It's absolute hogwash. It's absolute ridiculous thing to say. I don't understand where that came from. I'm going to get a little, oh, I'm getting flustered here, guys. I work so hard on my business, in my businesses, everything. I work more than, it's not about the hours. It's the, the, the juice I get to squeeze out because I'm so focused. There's not as many people who are cut out to be entrepreneurs as people think. And it has nothing to do with prestige. It has nothing to do. It has about who God made you. God made me since I was in seventh grade. I started selling gum out of a suitcase or a little pouch secretly in my book bag at school. And it was Orbit gum, and I sold it for five dollars a pack, and I made a hundred bucks in one week. You sold for five dollars, five a bucks a pack. I was raking <laughs> you it in, ripping people, ripping off. people off. But guess what? We didn't have any vending machines at Chapin Middle School. Oh okay? man, that is that is such a rip off. And I was I had the entrepreneur bug since seventh grade. Now I got shut down in two weeks. You know the Candyman, the Candyman <laughs> Kirby, you. the Candyman Kirby. I got caught by the v, the vice principal. Okay, and. It's a true story. And, uh, but I knew from a young age that I was made in a, such a way to think business ownership mindset. But guess what? That doesn't make you any better. It just makes you unique. It makes you different. There's people, I mean, dude, 
Apple would be nothing without the executives, the managers, the store managers. Like, um, let's think a little bit higher, but like all this leadership team that doesn't, no one even knows they live in the dark. Like, you know, I was born in the dark. You know, like Bane, right? <laughs> they, we always go back to that. God, I love that quote. What's the, uh, I don't, I don't want to get off sidetrack, but it's like you simply adopted the dark. Uh, I, I was, was born, born in it. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's about how you're you're operating and how you're made and what function you should be in. It, America, guys, especially people living in our listeners in Canada and Australia, two of our main other countries that listen. Um, America has this weird mindset that the business owner is like put on this pedestal of like prestige and honor, and I just don't get it because it's not for everybody. It's 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 like in baseball, the catcher gets no. Um, glory, the catcher gets no credit for how great of a pitch, the no hitter that was pitched by the pitcher, right? The catcher called every pitch and he had to frame it. He had to block it. He had to throw someone out at first base without the catcher. That does not happen. And I feel the same way about business guys. So look, if you're sitting here listening to this podcast right now and you've been making pennies for years owning your own business, sell everything Either figure out a path very quickly, raise your rates 25%, and whatever's left, that's great. You restart with that, refocus and restart, or you take your skills and go be the manager of the company that has 90 employees up the road, make 100 grand, and do an awesome job there. I just, I want to encourage you guys today. The, the greatest quote I've heard in the last two months was, I'm in this amazing group called C12, if you are a business owner, guys. Um, executive, you know, it doesn't have to be business owner, but executive for a, a big a company, uh, at least a million dollars in revenue. Um, go check out C12 online. It's a Christian business owner group and we learn how to build uh, better businesses for a greater purpose. And it's um, one of the best quotes I heard was about eight weeks ago. This guy who was the CEO of a thousand employees, one of the biggest uh, lumber companies in the, co- the, co- the world, he said a quote, I'll never forget. He said, profit uh, revenue is vanity. Profit is sanity. He said, everyone wants to talk about revenue, revenue, revenue. It doesn't matter how much money comes in. If it goes right back out, literally it's just passing through your bank account. It never stays there and never sleeps. It never gets to know your bank account. It's just going cycling through. And he said that, man. And I was like, wow, you know, the analogy is perfect. This is a great, uh, example for you listeners, a $5 million company that makes 10% profit is $500,000. A $2 million company that makes 25% profit is $500,000. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So it is just a percentage game of margin. 5 million top line, 2 million top line, 10%, 25%, same outcome and less, way less headaches, way less risk. I mean, it's unbelievable the difference. And so, oh, okay. I talked a long time there, but the only time, so I've worked in companies that try to drive up top line revenue. And this is actually something that you need to be aware of. If you're, if you're working for another company, you're not a business owner. If your company is obsessed with top line revenue only, and they're not paying that much attention to the margin, they're probably trying to be acquired or or they're trying to sell because the top line revenue is how that they're, basically it's basically how they're judged for how much they're worth. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I have $10 million of top line revenue, 
and I only keep 200 grand. Well, on paper, I'm worth $10 million. And so the guys at the top are going to get the biggest piece of a check out of that kind of thing. And so be wary of that. Like if everybody's just talking about top line revenue, be like, but what are we actually keeping? Cause if we're not, if we're only concerned about top line revenue, we're not talking about reinvestment. We're not talking about bettering the company. We're not talking about giving better wages. We're just talking about raising the dollar amount. Example. Uber has never turned a profit guys. And we keep investing our stock, you know, our 401ks into companies like Uber. They've never made money. They've lost billions of dollars. They've burned it all. And it's called capital reallocation and capital reinvestment. All they're doing is raising more money to get the stock price up so that the people that got in early stock is worth more so they can sell it and get a return on their initial capital investment. Yep. Uber won't be called Uber in five years. I have no idea what it'll be called, but I know that it never will make money. It was built from a faulty perspective. They sh- You can't make money in their business model. Like profit. Like you can't. They have these, I mean, it's a huge, t- it's... Uber's tough because it's a technology company and a service company. Right. And it's so a third it, the cost of a taxi. It, the, yeah. The cost is fantastic for the consumer. They have never figured out how to do be, whether they're a technology company and selling IP to re- recoup investment or they're a service company that's modern. They don't know. And look at Peloton. Peloton having the same problem, sort of a technology company with their classes and their seminars. They probably should sell that model to other businesses for subscription-based companies, but their product costs way too much and you get bored of it after three months because you're stationary. It's a stationary bike for goodness sakes. Okay. Well, they're all just treadmills. They're just, they're basically treadmills. Yeah, like, well, they have, they do have a treadmill, but their yeah. main core um, product, right, is a, is a stationary bike. Did you yeah. know that, Chris? Yeah. And it's like two grand. Right. Which is insane for a bike. Which is crazy. And you can finance it. Okay. So after, like, you're literally going to get bored of it because- one of the best, I mean, this is a little biased maybe, but this isn't like a factual statement. But one of the best things about working out is your environment changes every day. When you go to a gym, you meet new people, you see new things, you have different conversations. When you go running, you see new animals, you, you have new scenic. It's not the same thing every yeah, day. You're enjoying the outdoors. You're enjoying something and it changes. The weather changes. Like it keeps you on your toes. When you go on a stationary something, you're looking at the same wall every day. You're doing the same courses that are on the plane every day. And Anyways, Peloton's market cap has been slashed by six times over last year. Jeez. I think it was like $80 billion. Now it's down to like $10 billion or something. Um, CEO stepped down. Like it's a mess because they had the COVID spike. The price went up. They all sold their shares. They got their money. And now people, someone's getting left hell with the bag. But aside from the stock conversation, it's about profit. Um, Apple is actually a great example of this. Apple apparently has like 90 billion in cash in the bank. I was watching watching this the other day. They have 90 billion in the bank and then they finance their loans. You know why they do that? Because their money is so, they get it for like 0.05% because banks loved, it's Apple, right? Right. They want to, they want to let Apple borrow money from them, pay them pennies on the dollar. And Apple's like, dude, we can be cash liquid. They lose their money. Big deal. They're giving us a loan. And I don't advise people to do that, but they're playing a game where they're in the power position and they know that the pawns need them. It's the power of the purse. Power of the purse. Exactly. hundred percent. And so, but Apple has like a hundred billion just sitting there. They are absolutely in a great, great, great place. So all that to say, guys, if you're in business and you're not turning a real profit, you can do that for a short season to scale. Like, for the first three years of trifecta, I paid myself what like a, a foreman or a crew leader would make. 
lived on, just lived on it and reinvested all the capital. My third year in business, I put a hundred thousand dollars of cash into the business. And that was a strategic plan. And it has gone very well for us, not denying that. And we'll, we just put a lot more in last year. It's like every other year we have to put a large amount in. So the year before that didn't have to, this last year we did, I shouldn't have to put a lot in this year. Right. Cause that's appreciation of vehicles, yeah. mowers, equipment. It just seems to work that way. Like you put a lot in one year, you don't have to put any in the next, like very little in the next year. And if you want to scale again, you turn it back on. I haven't had to do it year over year, but Last year, I put a lot. I put another like 80 or something. So can I ask a question then? Yeah. What needs to, like, what's the margin range? Like, because everybody's like, oh, I made 15%. I made 50%. Like, it depends on the service industry. Like, Yeah. So let's let's do specifically like a service industry. If you're $200,000, it's you and one other, one other guy. Oh my gosh. You should make 30%. Yeah. Like your overhead's so much lower. Like what people don't understand what that word overhead means is for every employee I have, I have to pay payroll tax. So would I actually get taxed for having people on the payroll. So if you don't have payroll, you don't have payroll tax. It's not necessarily, the payroll is not the issue because in theory, employees make you more revenue, right? right. But you're paying the government to make you're more revenue. You're paying the government to make more revenue. Exactly. It's, it's an absolute joke. And because you're really paying their social security, which you're doesn't paying exist. Their social security, which doesn't exist. That's just money that's disappearing the second it leaves your bank account. Um, so somewhere between 30, 35%, if it's just like you and one person, now the percentages go down, but in a service and trade business, I've heard from like the five or so we've mentioned that are predominant ones, anywhere from like 15, like 13% in the low end. Um, I know home builders, they shoot for like 12 to 13%. I know that for a fact, uh, 10 to 14%, something like that. Um, but service trades like 13 to 30%. Now my most live in the 15 to 25. Yeah. The number I've heard is you need to make 25 off the service you offer at least because when you count an overhead, which is going to cost you another 12, 15% of that, your 12% you're down margin. to 13, 15% yeah, I mean, by the time it's all A million all bucks, you make 12%, 120 grand. It's not a bad day. It's not a great day. I mean, you think about, now it depends. Here's the, here's the d difference. It depends on if the owner's salary is included in the too. payroll. Some people, like I'm just now about to go on payroll for the first time ever myself for all my companies. I've never done it. I've only paid myself like bonuses basically each quarter is what I pretty much have done um, because I wanted to see the cash flow to see how I wanted reinvestment capital to be there if I wanted to waive it because I don't have debt. I, I I position myself where I literally, my personal bills are like 1200 bucks a month. That's awesome. Maybe a little bit more. I have to 14 maybe. Um, our light bill is 130 bucks because we built a house that the, the energy is insanely amazing. Like, it's crazy. You have a really efficient house. We have such an efficient house. It's like $130. I'm not getting it. It's $130 a month. I have two kids and a wife like who stay home all day. So like they're using resources a lot. But it depends on if you're on payroll or not. So this year I'm going to be so like we want to be somewhere between 18 and 23% uh, for for our service business. For marketing, a little bit better than that. Um because our your overhead on a marketing company is much less. But again, to recap this episode, guys, is like a little bit of a rant, a little bit of a like wanting to push you to think about your business this year because this is going to be such a, I don't want to say stressful. That's not what I mean. Like when I say difficult is the one I want to use. I don't want to, I don't want you to be anxious, stressed, worrisome, like none of these things that the Bible tells us is the fruit of the spirit, the opposite of the fruit of the spirit. 
but it is going to be difficult. There's going to be a lot of challenges. There's going to be things you have to think about from the outside looking in. Um, you need to take what you've done and kind of reinvent yourself. Like that's difficult stuff. It's not, it doesn't have to be stressful, but it's challenging. Right. And I do think there's a difference. And this is going to be one of those years. It's going to be difficult to hire employees. It's going to be difficult to keep prices down. It's going to be difficult to source materials. It's going to be difficult to market when like people are really competitive and looking for business right now and employees. I mean, there are so many employees out there right now and there's not that many companies. Right. So the job market is just so competitive. And with inflation as it is, this, I've been sort of- it's fluctuating. Jo- yeah. So we're good friends with the folks over at Jobber. They're great people. And they've been pushing a uh, media campaign of, we need to normalize raising prices in the trades industries. And I totally agree. You know, like we talk about how in 1985, it was normal to cut a yard for 40 bucks. That same guy in 2022, it's cutting the same yard for 45 bucks. Mm-hmm. And it's like inflation Slush. has not gone up just $5 in the last 30 years or 40 years. I saw a sign yesterday. Someone said $40 lawn care starting at $40, bro. How can you even show up for you 40 bucks? You can't. I mean, you can, if you can, if you have a $2,000 lawnmower and you have the cheapest equipment and you do five lawns a day, you'll make a hundred bucks. But what's a hundred, like a hundred bucks now is like dinner and a movie. Dude. That's what I'm saying. You it's might crazy. as well just go work somewhere and not have any of the risk. That's, what, that's I mean, the, that's the thing. And yes. that's what we keep talking about. And we can, we keep coming back to this idea of risk. You as the business owner of the company, and, and this is what a lot of people who don't own businesses Huge don't think risk. about is, especially if you're an LLC, mm-hmm. is that you own every bad decision that happens from anyone in your company. And at any point, if you go under or if you don't have workers comp, which if you don't have workers comp, you need to, you need to listen to Monday's episode. But if you get pinned with a workers comp claim and you don't have adequate insurance, you're the one who takes the hit. Not all of your employees, not your customers. You're going to take it. And the risk that you take as a business owner justifies making more money as a part of owning that risk. And so you shouldn't just be like, oh, well, everyone else is going up. Gas prices are going up. Uh, I'm going to stay where I'm at because I don't want to betray, betray my clients. You're not betraying your clients. Your clients are having to pay more for gas too. You know, their cost of living goes up as well just like yours does. You should not be the bottom of the pot every time that inflation hits or gas prices go up or the cost of material goes up. Like you need to make it normal that you need to adjust your prices every year with inflation. If that's 3%, cool. If it's 2%, cool. If it's 6%, cool. But it just is what it is. Like you're just going to continuously make less and less money, especially in landscaping. But in the trades industries, like if you don't raise your prices annually- Because you're dependent on products. Right. Like marketing- Okay, we're not really dependent on products to do a lot of our work. We have a couple softwares we use, but we're not dependent on a physical product to do the work we do. It's a lot of our brains and computers. Right. In in green industry slash services, you're dependent on pipe. You're dependent on HVAC, you know, um, units itself. Unit Price itself. of copper. Copper. Oh my God. You're dependent on so many outside factors that you're a cr- that that you're a crutch. They're excuse me. You're uh, they're a crutch to you. Like you have to have them, and that's why it's such a why you see so many people closing service and trade businesses down, retiring and not passing along to their son. It is a it can be such a tough go. And uh, I talked about this a little bit with Lumber. Anyways, I could go on and on, but guys, 
that's kind of the end of the episode. We really want you to think about, are you turning a profit? Or are you just creating revenue for yourself? Revenue makes you feel great, makes you feel like you're a, a beef man. You're got so, so strong and look good. It just gives you, a, sorry, it gives you a false sense of reality, gives you a false sense of security in your business. You feel like, oh, look at this revenue we did. The other night, me and my wife looked at like how much revenue one of our companies has done over the course of its life. We're like, wow, that's crazy. But then I like quickly said to her, I was like, but who cares if it didn't make a profit? Like, that's just a number on a page. It was just numbers passing through for vacation. It wasn't here to stay. So guys, make sure, hopefully this has impacted you. I hope you, um, we're going to do a poll. I'm going to make sure Chris does a poll, um, you know, on Instagram, you know, share with us if you're feeling these frustrations on the Down to Business Podcast Instagram page. Um, if you need some help, we'll reach out, you know, we'll talk to you, do a little bit of one-on-one. If you need um, help this year with a business, um, new new website for your business, please reach out to us. We're doing amazing pricing um, right now through the end of March. We're doing a little 5% off special. Um, so make sure you do that. And any digital or social media needs you have here at Peer Marketing, we can help you. So again, hope you guys have a good one. Hope this didn't hurt you too bad, but I'm hoping to challenge you not confront you on this and God bless you guys. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next time.